and had a lot of what I think you could say was fairly legalistic teaching about prayer. And you know, if you if you don't pray at least an hour a day, then you're not a good Christian. Uh, read a book one time by a respected author, and he said any pastor that doesn't pray at least two hours a day is not worth his salt. And I'm like, I, I guess I'm done then, because uh, you know, I try to pray, and I and I have a heart for prayer, and I and I believe in prayer. But boy, I found myself coming up against some brick walls trying to live up to those standards. This is really a book for the rest of us and a seminar for the rest of us who um, have some very, what I think are very normal, natural struggles with communion with our Father. Why is prayer sometimes very difficult? Do you find that prayer is hard for you? If so, then welcome to the club. Hi, I'm David Dennis with the Kansas Communities Ministry with the Navigators. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is the first of three podcasts featuring Mr. Dave Hastings, our special guest speaker for our 2023 Fall Conference, based on the book by Paul Miller, A Praying Life. You can find more information about how to register for this conference in the show notes. Today we get to know Dave a bit, as well as start to understand that if prayer is hard for you, that's very common. In addition, we learn that prayer is really just a way to enjoy close communion with our Heavenly Father, and is much more than just a religious ritual. We're super excited to have our fall conference this year. It's going to be on October 13th and 14th, 2023 in Wichita at Eastminster Presbyterian Church. Our featured speaker is Mr. Dave Hastings, who has graciously consented to uh, talk with us today. So welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be uh, with you today, as well as um, to come to the conference and get to be a part of that. Uh, we're, We're excited about it for sure. So just as we get started, tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of your background and and that sort of thing. Yeah, well, I'm uh, an Arkansan, uh, grew up in central Arkansas. We live up in Bentonville, Arkansas now, northwest corner of the state. Married to Sandy for 34 years. We have six kids, uh, five sons, and one daughter and two daughter-in-laws. So nice family, super excited about them. I um, started out my career as an engineer, got an engineering degree from college and um, just was so consumed by the truths of the gospel that I prayed long and hard about whether the Lord was calling me into a full-time kind of ministry. And sure enough, he was. And so I left engineering and went to seminary and um, served in three different churches uh, in my life as uh, associate pastor, senior pastor, and church planter as well. And uh, about four years ago, we uh, came on staff with Standing Stone Ministry. And what we do is we provide confidential care for pastors missionaries, and other ministry leaders. And we do that free of charge. And so, uh, really seems to be a sweet spot for Sandy and I at this point in our lives and in our ministry, just to to get to care for and love on and mentor other ministry leaders. So, we're having a great time uh, doing this. Uh, And then I get to serve with See Jesus as well, which uh, is just a great fit with... uh, what we're doing with most of our time, but I'm, I'm not more excited about anything than I am about getting to share with people about prayer and uh, the truths that we'll cover in the seminar 
which we also cover in our prayer cohorts that we lead, which are 10-week groups that meet. So that's a little bit of it. That's great. So See Jesus Ministry, probably people aren't real familiar with that. Can you tell us a little bit about that, kind of an overview of that ministry and how you came to become associated with it? Yeah. So See Jesus is a global discipleship ministry. The goal is to help people see and reflect the life of Jesus, the death of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus, to grow in our love for Jesus, uh, our imitation of Christ, and really to deepen in real communion with the Father. So it's it's a fairly broad ministry, but um, the Praying Life uh, seminars and cohorts, and now brand new book, uh, A Praying Church. Uh, out by Paul Miller just in January. There's a a real big emphasis on prayer for us as individual believers and then for the church now. It's a really strong emphasis as well. I um, About 12 years ago, I got the book, A Praying Life, and I'd never heard of Paul Miller. I'd never heard of See Jesus. But when I read it through the first time, I was immediately struck uh, by the fact that that there were truths in this book that that I'd not heard anyone else talking about. I'd never been taught some of these things, although I'd been taught a lot about prayer through the years. Um, but I knew that there was so much important new stuff in this book for me personally that I was going to need to read it several times uh, before these things could really start to sink in and before I could really really unlearn some of the things that I had had come to believe and practice about prayer, which quite frankly um, could be quite discouraging at times for me because I often felt like a failure. And so I read the book through many times um, before I really began to see the depth of changes that I I really had hoped that I would see. And I think part of that's just me. I'm just a slow learner. And I had, like I said, a lot to unlearn because I had I'd had a lot of what I think you could say was fairly legalistic teaching about prayer. And, you know, if you, if you don't pray at least an hour a day, then you're not a good Christian. Uh, read a book one time by a respected author, and he said, any pastor that doesn't pray at least two hours a day is not worth his salt. And I'm like, I I guess I'm done then because, uh, you know, I try to pray and I, and I have a heart for prayer and I, and I believe in prayer. Um, but boy, I found myself coming up against some brick walls trying to live up to those standards. And then what really pushed me over the edge was one day I was reading some Martin Luther and he said, I have so much to accomplish today that I shall spend the first three hours in prayer. Mm-hmm. I thought, Okay. It, I just thought I was done before, <laughs> but hey, I'm not Martin Luther and nobody else is either, right? So, uh, this is really a book for the rest of us and a seminar for the rest of us who um, have some very, what I think are very normal, natural struggles with communion with our Father. Hmm, that's great. Before we get into the book and, and and the seminar, I should say, and the whole idea of prayer, I want to just go back a little bit and ask you to share a little bit about how you became a believer. Yeah, so um, I grew up, like I said, in Arkansas, um, kind of kind of the buckle of the Bible Belt. But um, my parents actually were not practicing believers, and so I didn't grow up in a Christian home. 
Um, but they they took me to Sunday school. Someone encouraged them, you ought to take that boy to Sunday school. So they did. And uh, well, let's just say it took. Uh, and so uh, I came to know the Lord through the ministry of that church. And that commitment was certainly deepened during my college years, uh, where there were uh, quite a few of those sort of re-surrender, recommitment moments. And um, yeah, so I, I learned a lot of things growing up about how not to do life, uh, and I saw some of those things, uh, and I think that just helped me have a, a more burning desire to to say, you know, what is God's way? And I'm, I'm so overwhelmed by His grace and that He would forgive me. Um, how do I live for Him? What does that look like? And so it's been a journey. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Thank you. You're involved with Standing Stone Ministry, you said, right now, which is involved helping folks in leadership. How does that mesh with See Jesus and a Praying Life seminar, would you say? We want to just walk alongside of ministry leaders and help them to, to grow and thrive and become as healthy as they possibly can. Um, and that doesn't always involve counseling for the people that are doing what we're doing. Um Few are licensed counselors that do this, but just really more pastoral counseling and just walking alongside with a brother or a sister who's serving, who needs encouragement. About um, 58% of pastors say they don't have one good, true friend that they can bear their souls to. And so we really exist for those, uh, but that's the majority, right? And so we we walk alongside of them and we certainly pray for them. I was a little bit uh, overwhelmed when we first um, began serving with Standing Stone. One of the things we were told was, you know, if you serve with this ministry, understand we really would like you to spend 20% of your time praying for those that you're serving. And of course, that can include personal quiet times. It can include time that we spend praying with them and other things like that. But I was intimidated by that. And I thought, you know, I don't want to commit to that unless I can do that. And But I was so thankful at that point because the truths that had really been burned deeply into my heart through the A Praying Life book, um, they were they were working. They were doing their work in my heart. And so I said, you know, by God's grace, I can do that. I can do that because the Lord had brought me a ways in that. So it's about praying for them, but it's also about um, helping them come into deeper communion with the Father. So a lot of what we're trying to do is prevent burnout, right? And so the, the, the single greatest key to preventing burnout in ministry is a consistent, deep, meaningful fulfilling communion with your heavenly father. If you've got that, you can weather a lot of storms. But when that is not where it needs to be, burnout is going to be inevitable if you continue long enough in the ministry, right? So those are at least a couple ways that it yeah. really ties in with what I'm doing now. Absolutely. I can see that. Yeah, thank you. So let's get in the topic a little bit. Um First of all, maybe just give us an overview of the seminar that's going to be presented this fall in Wichita. Yeah. Well, uh, as we we'll get started on Friday night, and uh, as we start, we're going to establish the truth that prayer is hard for all of us. 
Um, and, you know, just in case anybody's listening and wondering, if you feel like your prayer life is um, great, it needs no improvement, your communion with your father is exactly what it should be, you can stay home and, I don't know, or maybe go to a basketball game. It's Friday <laughs> night in Wichita. Um, but this is really for the rest of us that that haven't arrived. We don't have it all together and we need to. And so that's one of the things that we'll get out of the way really quickly is I'm not there as the expert. I'm there as the uh, co-struggler uh, to, to maintain a depth of communion with my father. And uh, all of us, if we're honest, have struggled with that as believers. And so uh, that's one of the things we want to establish really quickly. Um, and then we'll, we'll kind of move into talking about prayer as, as a relationship with our heavenly father, you know, as opposed to a religious ritual, just a routine that we get into, but it really is relationship. And I'd heard that all my life, but we'll get into some truths and some ways of thinking about that relationship and living with, uh, as a child of your heavenly father, that are that are immensely practical and uh, really, really meaningful and life-changing because we can say, yeah, I need to live in a relationship with my father like he's my father because he really is my father and eternally will be my father. Um, so what's my role in that? I'm the child in the relationship. So what does it look like to live as a child of your father? And it looks a lot different than many of us have been taught to think that it looks right. It's it's full of um, it's full of irony, you know, that as we grow in Christ, we're supposed to become mature and all of those things. Um, but at the same time, he's saying, "I want you to act like a child around me. I want you to live like you're a child." And so many things that Jesus had to say in the Gospels, praising. Uh, the attitude of little children who, uh, because of their humility and their um, their natural state of just being needy and messy and humble and recognizing their need for fathers and mothers and others that could help them, that's really where we need to be. So, it's uh, it's a line between, you know, living as a mature believer, but also living as a child and just being uh, willing to just drop your guard and, and come to your heavenly father as you really are. Cause he already knows it all anyway. Right. But, but we want to come as, as the real Dave and the real David in your case. Right. Uh, so many times I think I've walked away from prayer unfulfilled because I didn't bring the real me into the prayer meeting. Right. I brought the version of me that I thought uh, I wanted to bring to God and maybe God would be OK with. Maybe he wouldn't ask too many questions of that version of me if I brought that one. Um, but the truth is, God says, no, you come messy, you come needy, you come weary, you come heavy laden. Right. Jesus said, come to me, all you're weary and heavy laden. That's the prerequisite. That's the requirement. You know, the gospel and prayer have that in common. But with both, you come uh, weary, you come burdened, you come not having the answers, you come needing your Savior to do the things that only He can do. So we live in that relationship um, in, in really a dependent state of mind, 
right? Uh, we've got to guard our hearts from that independent spirit that's so common, especially in our country, right? Uh, so, so we'll get into those truths. Um, we'll get into what do we do with Jesus' extravagant promises about prayer? Ask and you'll receive whatever you have. You know, there are about six different times um, in the in his farewell discourse with the uh, disciples that he makes statements like that, very bold statements. And so we'll get into what do we do with those extravagant promises about prayer? Uh, and, and we'll talk about kind of like there, there are two different ditches that we tend to fall into. You know, on one side of the road, uh, and if the road is good asking, good prayer, one side of the road, the ditch is that we that we um, that we just don't ask, right? And James addresses both of these in James chapter four, right? You have not because you ask not. So a lot of times we'll fall into the ditch on that side of the path, and just because we're just not really asking. Uh, and I don't know about you, but I struggle with that, right? Because I feel selfish. I feel a lot of other people have more important uh, issues to bring to God than I do, as if his time is limited, right? (laughs) As if he can't uh, hear us all uh, that he created for relationship with himself. But I think we err, uh, most of us probably err more often on that side of of just not asking than the other side that, that he talks about in James 4, which is asking selfishly. Right, you you ask amiss, you ask with wrong motives that you may spend it on your pleasures. Um, I think a lot of us are pretty scared of that side of it, and so we probably don't ask as often as we should. How is your prayer life? Would you like to make it even better? Do you think of your prayer life as a way to have a deep, intimate relationship with your heavenly Father, or do you think of it as a ritual that you must fulfill? I don't know about you, but hearing Dave talk about these aspects of prayer really whets my appetite for the seminar coming up soon in October. This will be at Eastminster Presbyterian Church, October 13th and 14th, 2023. We'll post sign-up information in the show notes. I hope you'll consider joining us for this outstanding conference. Be sure to sign up today to ensure a seat. Join us next time when we hear Dave talk about the importance of honesty in our prayer life, right here on Making Disciples Naturally. The views expressed on this podcast are those of the speakers and are not necessarily the views of the Navigators, nor of the Kansas Communities Ministry. Thank you for listening.